And uh, the Bible uh, speaks very clearly, makes numbers of statements about pleasing God and uh, what is involved in that. And so our study is going to be looking at these statements in the Bible. And uh, so we gain an understanding of how to please God. Okay, I need to get a number of uh, uh, scriptures. Uh, Tom K is going to read our launching scripture, which is First Thessalonians 4, verse 1. First Thessalonians 4, verse 1. Brian is going to read Hebrews 11, 6, which is our uh, verse uh, for today. Uh, I want to get some other uh, scriptures. Woody, uh, Junior, Numbers 14, 1 through 3. Uh, Stephen, Mark 4, 37 and uh, 38. Gary Basham, Hebrews 4, 2. And uh, Dennis uh, Keppel, Matthew 13, 58. Go ahead and get some more. Steve Garfield, Hebrews 11, 6. You'll read it the second time. Ryan, Matthew 6, 8 through 10. Mick Woodcock, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Al Herman, Luke 12, 32. And uh, George, Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. A uh, few more. Uh, Casey at the back, Hebrews 6, 18. Uh, David Sanchez, Jeremiah 32, 17. And uh, one more, Woody Sr., Psalms 91.15. Okay, let's get our launching scripture. This uh, scripture says a, a very important statement about pleasing God. Go ahead, uh, Tom. First Thessalonians 4.1. Finally then, brethren, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Okay, Paul makes a statement. This is actually the basis of our series is that pleasing God is not uh, uh, nebulous or mysterious or... Or you never know whether you're pleasing God or not. It's not that way. Paul says, I clearly, when I was your pastor, I taught you. And he said, we taught you how you ought to walk. That's, that's your, your conduct and to please God. In other words, this is something you can know. And so we are basing our series then on the statements that the Bible clearly tells us how to please God. Let's look at today's verse, which is Hebrews 11.6. Brian's going to read that out. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder and that those who diligently seek him. Okay, so we're going to look today. Today's lesson is pleasing God through faith. Let's uh, begin this morning. Let's talk about doubting God. This is where we have to uh, start because this scripture is actually a uh, a reverse side or a negative that tells how not to please God. And uh, that has to do with doubting God. One of the oldest strategies uh, of the devil is to get us to doubt God's heart and his character. In the garden, the basis of the first temptation was that uh, uh, trying to convince Eve that God does not want to bless you. And, uh, in fact, he doesn't have your best interest at heart. That's his, from the very beginning of uh, human history. But this is played out in every individual life. The enemy is going to seek to attack the foundation of your confidence in God and get you to doubt uh, God's character. We see this all throughout the Bible. Numbers 14, 1 through 3. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, Only we have died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? 
that our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to... Okay, here is a... Uh, This is just one. This happens on numbers of occasions with the children of Israel. When faced with a difficult situation, they always came back to the same conclusion that was incorrect, is that God doesn't care about us. As a matter of fact, He must want to destroy us. And so what is at stake is the character of God. And they never passed this test. They just went around and around around the same issue over and over again. Mark 4, 37. And 38. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was not full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Okay, here is a, a, a storm in this case. And the first instance has to do with food, um, uh, or uh, rather the enemies that they're facing. And the giants in this instance is a difficult circumstance of a storm. And their their question is, don't you care? It's not just that we're in trouble, need some help here. But they're questioning, don't you care about us? It is the character and the heart of Jesus that is at stake. So this is something that, that happens all through life, whether this is a direct assault from hell, whether this is the natural circumstances of life that the enemy exploits, And he tries to use difficult circumstances or assaults or enemies or whatever it might be. It brings to the surface things that are in our, uh, our hearts and what we believe about God. This is, this is common and, uh, uh, maybe you can relate to this as you get in a difficult circumstance. And has it ever entered your head? You think, wait a minute. Why is God letting this happen to me because I tithe? You ever thought of that? No, no, none of you. Why is God letting? Well, I've been, I've been faithful. I'm a nice guy. Just ask me. And, uh, you know, so why would God let? So it is the character of God. In our scripture, the, the scripture actually revolves the key word. If you're a Bible student, you find the key word to, uh, uh, often that uh, the entire verse revolves around. The key word in this scripture is please, please, to make happy. And so it is using actually an opposite. The opposite of please is to displease or to not make God happy. And so here the the Bible says the issue of pleasing God or displeasing God, it is an issue of faith. And so this is uh, the, the, the important uh, a point to make here is that it is not just circumstances, it is the character of the person that is at stake. In other words, how you act towards someone, that, that actually is a, is a statement of, of uh, what you believe about their character. Maybe you can relate, you went to school and there was a, uh, uh, you know, a, a school bully. There are people that just delight in tormenting other people. I don't know about you, but I didn't like hanging around school bullies. I, you know, you avoided them. And by avoiding them, you're saying something about their character. This is not a nice person. Huh? This is not somebody I want to be around. Now, the Bible says, now we're, we're, think about what we said so far is that we get into a difficult circumstance. I preach Wednesday. This would be a financial circumstance for some of us. For others, it may be a, a marriage, health, uh, whatever problem you are facing in life, 
And so the enemy tries to exploit and get you to come to the same conclusion that uh, uh, to get you to refuse to believe God and to doubt his character. And this scripture says when you refuse to believe God, that is offensive or displeasing to God. Because you are saying something not about the circumstance. The problem is not you're coming to God and saying, God, this is really big. That's not what you're saying. What we say when we begin to doubt God's uh, 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 doubt God is that we are doubting His character, either that you don't care, like the disciples uh, said, or you lie. You said you would take care of me, but you are are uh, not doing that. So you're saying that God can't be trusted, and this is why the Bible says. Unbelief is offensive to God. It's not just an issue of, yeah, I understand you're in a big, and you're really thinking that this is a big problem. God says, you are saying something about me. Therefore, that's not acceptable. This is why the Bible says it is impossible to please. The reverse, when you don't, uh, 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 impossible to please God without faith. So if you don't have faith, the reverse is that is displeasing to God. And then we could throw in there, this is human pride of someone who feels they uh, 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 know better than God. So the result then, when we are doubting the character of God, when we're doubting the word of God, doubting the heart of God, the result is that we will live without God's miracle power. So God has saved us supernaturally. And uh, we are created to live in a miracle dimension or a supernatural dimension. But what happens is people who will not believe God, who will not trust his heart or character, they do not have the supernatural power that they should have. Hebrews 4, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached, if not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that hear it. Okay, the Bible says here, the word preached. Here is uh, uh, all that God could do. And this is referring to the promised land. God said, I want to help you. I have an inheritance, a blessing, a destiny. All these things that are summed up in the promised land. And so there is the potential you could have it. Every member of the nation of Israel could have that. But the Bible says... But what was preached didn't do any good. They never entered in. They never received the inheritance. And the Bible says because they would not mix it or combine it with faith. The message is one part of the equation. But the Bible says what you do with that message determines whether or not the message now becomes active and 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 uh, literally uh, uh, does something. And so the Bible says here, this is uh, uh, in the same uh, book, the book of Hebrews, says it's impossible to please God without faith. So these people never receive what they should have received. You have people that are trying to accomplish a supernatural work with uh, uh, simple uh, natural means. You have people, this is a, a tragic of people who are trying to uh, witness, but in their heart they don't believe that their family 
you know, their family is too wicked, too religious, too whatever, or their city, they have all the reasons. And so, but they continue to evangelize. I see people who evangelize utterly without faith before they ever go on the streets, before they ever go door to door. In their heart, they have already determined that these people are hard and no one wants, but they go ahead and evangelize anyway. So in other words, they are trying to accomplish this supernatural work. How many of you know it would take a miracle for somebody to turn from sin? That takes a miracle. You've been living your entire life this way. Now you're going to live a complete... That would take a miracle. And so now you're trying to accomplish this supernatural work with simply uh, uh, natural means. The, re- the result of all this is we have areas of our life that are not in line with the will of God. It is God's intention that uh, uh, we be helped financially in our marriage, fruitfulness, whatever. And so in all of this, the Bible says that the key issue here is what we believe about God. Notice something about God here, and that is that God does not override unbelief. He does not make anyone have miracle power. Okay, He will not force us. And uh, and so the scripture says that the reason why is because we are not pleasing him and uh, faith is the key to pleasing God. Matthew 13, 58. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Okay, now he comes. Uh, he is uh, uh, in a city. Having done miracles everywhere he goes, he comes to this city. There are people in need. There are people that are sick. There are people who need a touch from God. They need deliverance. The power of God, God in human form, is at their city. And the Bible says, but he did not uh, do many miracles there because of their unbelief, because unbelief is displeasing to God. That's a very important uh, issue and that ultimately, of course, unbelief causes damage uh, to other people. We have the ten spies that they affected an entire nation. Millions of people were affected by ten men. And that's unfortunately what happens is people who uh, are living in unbelief is they doom their, uh, their spouse, their children, their uh, people they're in ministry with, people they're friends sometimes. They doom them because of unbelief. Okay, let's, uh, let's open for questions or comments uh, for a moment about this. So this is is the issue of doubting God. That's where we have to begin. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay. Any questions or any comments so far before I move on? Bear? One thing I've gotten over the years, I think most of us, uh, we listen to preaching and teaching in this community, is that, is that you get, you get blindsided <laughs> by, by bad events. Yes. That there's a kind of like a spiritual antibody that you build in us yeah preparation good preaching should preach that's that's called the whole counsel of God bear says that that uh, in our church pastor Mitchell and I that uh, we uh, preach even in good times preach to prepare so that this doesn't uh, blindside you that's a very good point. I don't know if you've ever uh, read in books or you're aware of this, but uh, in churches that their total emphasis is faith, 
exactly as Bear said, uh, these people become totally unprepared for the possibility of uh, difficulties or reversals. Faith doesn't make things easy. It makes things possible. That's what you gotta got to learn there. Okay, very good point. Somebody else, something you want to add about unbelief? Is it Rob? Okay, he's asking, is it easier for us today because we have the written word of God? Uh, the Old Testament, they didn't have access easily to the written word of God. Besides, we have Christian TV, so that fixes everything. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess in one way it, it would be, but number one, it depends on if you read it, and number two, it depends on if you uh, believe it and uh, act on it, I, I suppose. I don't know, Rob. I guess in every, uh, you know, Bibles, the Bible principle is that my grace is sufficient, so in every era, God would help people at the level they're at. I don't know if there's a way we can give a definitive answer. Go ahead. It seems like the people of Israel never got over the slave mindset that they had. They're always expecting a lash. You know? They're always expecting something bad. And they just got out in spite of all the miracles. And they transferred that view of their former oppressors. They just transferred that to God. Yeah. And what is especially wicked about it, though, is God had actually done the offer. And it seems like a lot of times in our own life, the more God does for us, if we don't deal with our mindset from the past, we make God out to be worse than, you know, our former lives, when in fact what's done is deliver us and the miracles for us, if we miss all that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. He's, uh, he's saying there that uh, the... Uh, children of Israel, because they were used to being mistreated, is that it's like they transfer that um, uh, to God and uh, and doubt His character. But that brings up, uh, the, you know, most of us were not literal slaves. But this isn't this the problem of of uh, uh, people who had uh, uh, an an abandoned or or abusive uh, father, for instance. So now they get saved, and God is your father. So now they have to, that's why the Bible says you need to renew your mind. There are some mindsets that you have to uh, uh, correct with the, the truth. Carol? Well, it seems to me from experience that if you have a lot of faith, God may answer in a different way than you have in your head. Yes. In the case with uh, King David, he was full of faith and wanted to build a, a temple for God, but God faith, but he still did it another way than yeah, yeah. So God can do it a different way. How many of you know that God's smarter than we are? You, you believe that? Good. And George? <laughs> Maintenance is what keeps things going on the ranch, yes? So what's the application? Faith without maintenance amounts to unbelief. So how would you maintain faith, George? 
Some. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> you were on a roll there, George. I, I was helping you, man. <laughs> no, no, he's, it was a joke, George. I wasn't personalizing it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so he says that main, maintaining faith, but you're actually missing. What is one of the most important areas that your faith is maintained? So you're talking about uh, uh, personal, and he says re- uh, reading your Bible, praying, coming to church, acting on all that. But what is the one ingredient, and actually this is a bummer. What did you say? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Trials, yeah, you need problems. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have those, she says. My point is that we don't view that as an advantage or a benefit. Right? I don't, I don't know about you, but you know, when a, when a problem comes, I don't, my natural instinct is not, oh boy, problems. We think that's a bummer, but, but your faith is actually, this is how faith is maintained, the edge of faith, and that's why you will never get beyond. Uh, you'll never get to the point where all trials or problems are, are uh, fixed, and uh, this is good because it causes us to examine our, our faith again. Casey. And you read the Psalms and you look at the Bible, you all see the word That's why the Psalms, he's, he's talking about the honesty of the Psalms, that many times they begin with, God, don't you care? How long? Have you forgotten me? Do you know where I live? And then, but then as he, he works it through with God. And so uh, that's, that's simple. It's not schizophrenia. It's, uh, it's honesty. There, there's nobody here that you, you get into a problem and you don't ever have a doubt. If you do, you're lying or, or you're drugged or something. That's not... And so God puts this, and we have to work it through. You get to a level, then there's a, a different issue in a different area or a larger problem. And so because this must be worked through. But my point is, this doesn't mean that it's easy, but my point is you need to understand this is issue. The problem is not the focus. God says it's me. You're saying something about God. That is the real issue. Dennis? I going to say that up. Uh, I think human nature is prone toward unbelief and skepticism. Okay. I can't think of a time in my life where I've ever said, man, I'm grieved with my overabundance of faith. But there has been a lot of times where I've said, I'm grieved with my lack of faith. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's mo- most of us, that doesn't come natural. That's a problem. When he showed that, that uh, video series on anger to intimacy, that one guy's talking about life was horrible and they're saying bad things. The other guy, it's great, isn't it? It's great. He goes, 
Okay, let's talk about the basis of faith then. In our scripture, it tells us, so we're talking about difficult problems that brings to the surface what's, what's in our heart. We have to make a choice. But the basis of faith is not the size of the problem. It is the character of God. It is who he is. Hebrews 11, 6. Second time. Okay, it, it says if you're going to come to God, if you're going to have faith, Number one, you have to believe that God is, that he exists. So let's assume that you're at that point. But secondly, that he is a rewarder, that he is a rewarder. That word rewarder is simply one who pays wages. And so it is what it is actually uh, uh, talking about, that this is a, a natural point when you work your job, it is natural for you to expect that there is going to be a reward or wages paid. Your, your boss, the financial officer, whoever it is that writes the checks, is that they have an involvement with you. That is what this is saying, is that in the, in the heart of God, God responds to human being, to people who... Uh, uh, seek him. This is character. Number one, faith is based on the love of God. It is God's love. He is willing to get involved and to help because he cares for us. How many of you know God, he likes you and he wants to help you? Matthew 6, 8 through 10. Okay, this is the foundation of prayer. This is a verse um, before the Lord's Prayer. That uh, are a couple of verses before, and he is teaching us what is the foundation of, of prayer. They're asking, how do you, uh, how do we pray? And he says, religious people, the Pharisees, think because they say a lot of words, literally their mentality is, I will convince God. I will pray so much, I'll say so many words, I'll say the right words, that he has no choice, he'll have to help me. And he's, Jesus says, but that's not what prayer is all about. Prayer is not trying to talk God into what he doesn't want to do. Okay, that's not prayer. I'm going to make, you're going to get so sick of me that ultimately you're going to give in. That is not prayer. And he says, your father, that's the foundation of prayer. It's a relationship. He knows what you uh, uh, need. Therefore, you can pray like this. Our father who art in heaven. And so here's the basis of prayer is that he cares about the needs and the problems of his children. First Peter 5, verse 7. Okay, the translation I have on the screen is casting all your anxiety. This is, a, this is actually a burden. These are the problems that we face in life that weigh you down. That is what the word uh, uh, literally means, and the Bible says, why do you want to carry that when God cares for you? And uh, he wants to carry that for you. Uh, Luke 12, 32. Okay, Jesus actually takes this a step further. Not only because he's your father, would he be willing to uh, get involved and help you, but the scripture, the word that is used there, it is your father's good pleasure. He enjoys this. He likes helping. It's not something that he's all right. 
but rather is that he wants uh, uh, to help. So that is why Paul prays uh, for uh, the believers in Ephesus, and he says, my prayer for you is that you understand how much God loves you. Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. Okay, and so he says, my prayer for you is that you understand, he uses very descriptive language, the, the height, the depth, the length of the, the love of God. In other words, this is, this is a critical uh, a part of your relationship with God is understanding he loves you. Because what you feel about the love of God dramatically changes how you approach God. Uh, a story that I've told many times, it bears repeating uh, uh, in this uh, uh, instance, because it applies, is that the day before I was going to the city where Lisa and I were going to pioneer, we're on our way, uh, travel across the country, stay with our friends who were pastors. I imagine now the next day I'm I'm stepping into the promised land. It's tomorrow, baby. I'm I mean we are excited. I'm beside myself. We get to do that, and I'm talking about God is going to help us, and we're going to get people saved and and make disciples. And and He looks at me and He said, "You you think that God's just going to help? You're just going to witness, and people are going to get saved and lock in, don't you, Grant?" I said, "Yeah." And He goes, "No, that's not the way it's going to work." He said, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get there and you're going to witness and you're going to evangelize. But what God needs to do is he needs to break you. He's going to crush something in you, Greg. He's going to, he's going to smash you. It's Elijah on the backside of the desert. Uh, you know, this is my friend too. You know, he's, he's encouraging me. And so in other words, what he said is you can expect from God is that God doesn't want to help you. And it's going to be a long time. And after he crushes and smashes and breaks and you're miserable and tormented, then maybe he'll help you. That's the essence. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But uh, when, but while he's talking, in my head, I said, that's stupid. God loves me. I don't believe that. No, I reject that. I am not believing. I'm not going into this like God doesn't want to or he's dreaming up torments for me is I believe in the love of God, number one. And number two, it was his plan. I didn't dream this up. He got me into this. And so the love, that's why Paul prays, you can only have faith in God if you believe that he cares or he loves you. Faith is based, secondly, on the faithfulness of God. When we believe God, you are saying, God, I believe you tell the truth. You can be trusted. Hebrews 6, verse 18. Okay, it is impossible, the Bible says, for God to lie. We have his word. There are uh, uh, many of the situations that we face, God has spoken about. He's already told us what his will is in many of the uh, problems of life. And then he has a track record. That's why the Bible is full of stories. It's full of history because God says, that's my track record. That's what I do for people who are in relationship uh, with me. And uh, in your own experience, you can see that God is faithful. Finally, faith is based on the power of God. Jeremiah 32, 17. 
Okay, Jeremiah uh, is uh, uh, responding. God had asked him a question. He says, God, there is nothing too difficult. And he, and, he, and he says, the measurement of this is you made the heavens and the earth. Your arm is so strong that you can create the world. He says, therefore, my problem that, that I was just vexed about that seemed overwhelming, I have confidence you love me you tell the truth, and thirdly, you are able. You are not limited by uh, the situations of life. So therefore, God's people are encouraged to, uh, to pray because we serve a God who answers prayer. Psalms 91, verse 15. So call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show my salvation. Okay, he will call upon me and I will answer him. That is why, that is the whole basis of, of prayer is that God who can be trusted, who loves you, has the power to fix it. You can come with confidence. You can make a decision in the difficulties of life that I am going to believe God, not uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the problem. Okay, let's open for questions or comments. Uh, give some more. Tim? It seems like one of the key elements of the word of God. And many times when I'm going through something, even if I'm not necessarily feeling it like that, I force myself to say things that are true about God. And as I say those things and hearing it, it kind of helps me build my own faith. Okay. Yes, speaking, what you speak is a, a very important uh, uh, part of that. And that is, uh, that's helpful for you. Yes. Somebody else. Woody? Well, God has revealed in his word, his character, his track record, as you pointed out. You know, calling those things to remember, but also, you know, when you could save for a period of time, you could do that in your own life. You know, and I do that. And I, when I'm facing something and I'm just I'm kind of discouraged about it, I look back and I say, God, I remember when you moved for me in that and that and that, and I, and I begin to recall and recount all the glorious things God has done throughout my history and even in my own history. I can I can point to those things and and, and encourages me because I know God's not finished yet. Yeah, but that, and that's a choice, though, isn't it, Woody? That is a choice. It, it, really, faith is a choice of focus, right? Because I've also had some real bummers in my life. So I can choose to then recount to you all the bummers of life, and by the end of it, we all want to slash our wrists, <laughs> right? It, it is a choice. That, that's the, uh, that, that's the, faith is not a denial of problems. Remember that in the word of faith that came in in the, in the 70s? Faith was denying you had a problem. People were taking off their glasses. I can see perfectly. <laughs> They're running into a... <laughs> well, that, that's not what faith is. It's not denying that there's a problem in your marriage or your health or anything. That's not evil. But the issue is, what are you focusing on? That's what Woody's saying. And in this instance, he's talking about in your own life, focusing on the history that you have with God. Sonny? When my mom was going through all this um, trouble with my sister, she didn't mean anything by it, but um, I figured, you know, I'm God. And she said, well, you can pray and everything. She said, but just don't believe God. You know, just don't believe it too much. Like, don't do it down. And I told her, I said, well, if I don't believe it, then it's not faith. It's not faith. Okay. Yeah. So people are, are concerned about being disappointed. But it's a choice. That's, that's the point that I'm making is it is a choice. Yes. You chose to believe and God did help her. He did help your mom. And she was not expected to live. Yeah, very good. Then every once in a while, then you have the peppermint factor. <laughs> right? 
Then you have that God just says, oh, really? Okay. And uh, the great miracle we saw God do for Bob Peppermint. Just because you can't put God in a box. Okay, let's get some more scriptures. Uh, wind up. Um, <clears throat> Phil is going to read Hebrews 11:6 Again, Stephen is going to read Luke 7, 6 through 8. Uh, Diedrich is going to read uh, Luke 7, 9 through 10. Uh, Paul Arps, Matthew 15, 25 uh, through 28. Uh, somebody else want to read over here. Wayne Cook, can you read Luke 5, verse 20? Steve Welch, can you read Mark 9, 23? Um, uh, uh, who else? Who else wants to read over here? Woody is going to read Luke 5, 24 through 25. Two more. Woody Jr., uh, Luke 5, 20, the second time. And Charles... Uh, Joshua 1, verse 6. Okay, so let's let's bring it down now then, pleasing God. There's a choice. So we said you're going to come against difficult circumstances. The enemy is going to try to bring out the natural uh, inclination of the heart, which is to doubt God. You can make a choice. And so the Bible says the result, this is why we're examining it today, is that the issue is pleasing God. Faith does more than fix your problems. It is an issue of pleasing uh, God. And so uh, we said then, when you choose to believe God, you are saying something about his character. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, he is a rewarder of those who do Okay. No faith, impossible to please. The reverse, reverse of that is faith pleases God. It makes God happy, it brings God pleasure because it's not a, a, a problem issue, it's a character uh, issue. So, the Bible gives us examples of faith that pleases God. Luke 7, 6 through 8. And Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word of my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and the other comes, and comes, and my servant do this, do that. Okay, a man with a problem, his servant is dying, but his approach to Jesus is, I don't deserve this. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to do this because of, of my goodness. Number two, I know that you have uh, a power, and somehow he must have understood that Jesus wanted uh, to do this. And then we see the response in, in Luke 7, 9 through 10. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Okay, and so this is out of the ordinary, so much that Jesus comments uh, uh, on this. And he, and he, and, uh, he says to everybody else, he says, I haven't seen such great faith. In other words, that makes me happy. This is a man who says, you don't even have to go there. I don't have to have every circumstance uh, perfectly lined up, but I'm, I believe that you're able, and Jesus, that made him uh, happy. Matthew 15, 25 through 28. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take yes, Lord, yet even though God, he confirms his fault in the master's table. 
And Jesus answered and said to her, A woman raised in faith, let it be to you as you desire. Her daughter was healed from that very hour. Okay, her daughter comes. This woman is not a Jew. She's a foreigner, Syrophoenician. Her daughter is demon-possessed, is tormented. She asks Jesus, I need a miracle. And uh, Jesus responds. The issue is actually the timing of God because we know Jesus' ministry was to the Jews first and later on it's going to be to the non-Jews. And so he uses what appears to be a mild insult here. He says, when you're eating dinner, you don't, you don't, you don't take uh, uh, your children's dinner and give it to the, the dogs. It's, it's not time. That's not the time that dogs eat. They don't get first dibs on the, well, no, some of you they do. But, um, uh, and she responds rather than getting insulted. Did you call me a dog? Are you? She says, but even, even puppies get scraps. And so, in other words, she was understanding Jesus wanted to help her. And again, he marvels. That made her, uh, uh, that made her faith pleasing to Jesus because she wanted to trust God's heart. We have Peter. Think about the story of Peter. Uh, they're in the middle of the storm. Jesus comes walking on the water. And uh, when they see and recognize this Jesus, the Bible says he's coming to the boat. And Peter says, Lord, can I walk on the water too? What for? I'll be there in a minute. There was, this is a miracle without a point. It's not a supplying a need. And yet, Jesus is not offended. He says, come on. A miracle that has no actual point in life is not going to change Life, it's not meeting a need, it's not life and death, it's just he wanted to do this and is believing Jesus and that somehow pleased Jesus because faith pleases God. There's something about uh, a heart that chooses to believe God in the middle of, of difficult circumstances. I want to tell you, that is how you please God. We were talking last week, it's possible to displease, it's possible to please God one of the issues that pleases God is when people in the middle, uh, when when uh, all, they're being assaulted by hell, but they make a choice to believe in the heart of God, in the track record of God, in the word of God, and they say, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't see it, but I am believing God to help me. And the Bible says that makes God happy. That pleases God. So look at what happens when people please God in faith. Number one, it releases miracle power in their situation. Luke 5, verse 20. When he saw their faith, he said to him, yeah. When he saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven you. There was something triggered. This is the forgiveness and the healing of God because they believed. Luke 5, 24 uh, and 25. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy. I say to thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Okay, this is uh, this, the story of the four friends. They bring their paralyzed uh, friend. He cannot walk and uh, they want to see Jesus. Uh, the, the house is totally jam-packed. There's no way to get him inside. But so convinced are they that if they can get their friend in the presence of Jesus that he'll be healed, they begin tearing the roof apart. 
They're risking the wrath of the owner and, uh, and everyone who dirt is raining on their heads. But they believe that Jesus is able and willing to heal, lower him down, interrupt church, and, and, and he does. The Bible says that their paralyzed friend walks home because he saw their faith. That pleases God. Mark 9, 23. Okay, if you can believe in, in, the, uh, in the original language, the, the translation on the screen actually expresses this because the, the word of the man, he's a, a demon-possessed son, the disciples couldn't cast it out, and he said, if you can do anything, and this translation gives the actual rendering of the Greek, and Jesus is saying, if you can, if I can, of course I can, but he says the issue is you, you need to believe. Everything is possible to him who believes. So when you please God in faith, it releases miracle power. Number two is that we become a blessing to other uh, uh, people as we release God's power into other people's lives. Luke 5, verse 20 again. When he saw their faith, he said to a man, your sins are forgiven. Okay, when he saw their faith, that's the four friends. He said, your friend, his sins are forgiven. You are the cause of forgiveness and healing in somebody else's life because you uh, believe. One of the things that happens when people who believe, choose to believe God in difficult circumstances is they provide reference points to help other people believe God. We have in the, uh, the story in the Bible of uh, Caleb who believed God, but his nephew Later on in Joshua 15 is inspired by his uncle's faith and also rises up to believe God and uh, leads the battle, overcomes the city. Joshua 1, verse 6. Okay, jo- yeah, so Joshua who had believed God previously. Now the Bible says, if you will be strong and be brave or courageous, that's that's courage in the midst of battle or difficulty, he says the result will be you will help other people enter their inheritance. You do that for your children. You do that for your family. You do that for unsaved people. You do that for new converts. You do that for your brothers and sisters. Is that faith doesn't just affect you is that it provides blessing for other people. Okay, let's uh, uh, open for questions or comments one more time before we close. Anything you want to add about this? So here is the first way that you please God is by faith, choosing to believe Him. Any questions, any comments? Or right. Ellie? Yeah, and that's what we do is we limit God based on the size of the problem, right? is God could, normally he could fix this, but this one's too big. That's what we do. And uh, But faith is choosing to believe partly about the power of God. Very good.
Somebody else. Something else you want to add or ask? Over there, Carolyn? My uncle's daughter has a brand of ego faith. Ego faith? Yeah, she Okay, she's saying her, her daughter who only believes God when everything's going right. But then it's not faith, is it? And so faith is only uh, demonstrated in a, in a fight, in a test. That's why it calls, it's called the fight of faith in uh, Timothy. Very good. And that's why God, every person here, you have a lot of faith today. God's going to allow circumstances so that can be proved over time. Steve? Well, God of all not comfortable, no. You can be comforted in the midst, yes. Yep, that is true. Anybody else? Eve? <laughs> And family, family, he's, he's saying sometimes it's hard to believe that people can change, but especially family sometimes is the hardest to believe, isn't it, right? Some stranger, you don't, you don't live with them day in, day out. You don't have a track record of seeing how they've been for years. It's sometimes easier to believe for a sinner. That's, that's what you're really saying, right? And so family, but that is one of the crucial battlefields of life is to believe that our families can be changed. And, uh, and that God is able to do that. Okay, we'll close there. Service will start at 10.30. God bless you.